Hey everybody, welcome to Recruiting Real Talk. I am your host, Trevor Bowlers, and with my co-host, JC Moreau, we are going to get real about the world of recruiting um, with some hows and some different you know, insights from a parent's point of view on how you help your child navigate through this whole aspect of recruiting. Uh, you know, throughout this podcast, we're going to have some special guests that know a lot more about specific sports than we do, right? We have a lot of insight into the football world, which is where my son is getting recruited, and where our backgrounds are. Both JC and I were recruited from Canada to play football down here in the States. Uh, right now, JC is the owner of Strength U, a performance training organization that helps kids get ready for this whole aspect of their recruitment. And I myself, I'm going through this process right now with my son. So this is our first show in the podcast series. We hope you enjoy it. If you do, give us a like, send us a message, you know, do something for us that you feel would help the cause. Even ask us to talk about a subject. Absolutely. That'd be a big one, uh, Trevor. And uh, first of all, thank you for including me on this. I'm excited about this moving forward. Uh, we both share this common cause of helping kids and especially more rural states like Iowa uh, you know, get exposure, learn the process and what's involved in it early so they can get a, a head start and not you know end up senior year wondering, now what, when they should have been thinking about that years ago. Yeah. And so, like, today's episode is definitely based on getting started. How do you get started? When do you get started? All those types of topics. So, you said not wait their senior year wondering, oh, well, what should I do now? Because they didn't get started. When would be that time to get started in, in your mind? As we've talked about, there's not maybe a, a perfect age, but I think that... you. Junior high is not too early to get started. Uh, eighth grade is not too early to get started because so much of it is, uh, do you, first of all, do you want to go to college? You know, having that discussion with your child, do they clearly want to go to college and do they clearly want to play sports at that level? Because it's a, a commitment, it's, a, uh, you, you know, it's not for everybody. So once they've made that decision, you want to educate yourself as much as you can uh, to make sure that academically you're going to be in a place where you can be recruited. And then, you know, what are the physical demands and what are the physical attributes that I might need to play at various levels? Well, but then, you see, if you start getting started at eighth grade, right, there comes that fear, that stigma that I'm that parent that thinks my kid is great and they're going to go off and play college sports in whatever their sport. And I feel that that's kind of prevalent in states like Iowa where people are like, well, you know, we should, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm above everybody or I, I'm thinking that, that I'm going to push my kid ahead of everybody. Shouldn't we just let things play out? I think that, now I haven't gone through this yet and maybe never will with uh, my children are younger, obviously, but uh, to me that's equivalent to you know, not doing a, a prep ACT test, you know, in the eighth or ninth grade for fear of being labeled, you know, that you want your child to do too well academically. 
or you want them to get in too good of a college. I just don't understand how parents could ever judge another parent for helping prepare their child to have the most opportunities, the best opportunities possible. Absolutely. And I, well, getting started in eighth grade, getting started, which is when I started working with my son because he said he, you know, had an interest. My daughter is in eighth grade. She has an interest. And so we have gotten started. And um, then you say, well, how did you get started? Well, one of the ways we got started was with uh, controlling the social media aspect of things, making it clear to them that what you do now can affect what happens to you later. And also then setting up uh, accounts. I don't think people have to go this far if they don't want to, but we set up accounts where we are connected to the account as well as our child so that if messages come from coaches, which they do over social media now, um, we can also get that message and help our child with that communication back and forth. You know, another way to get started is identifying and getting all of those things together that you're going to need, right? All of your academic information, all of your athletic accolades, stuff like that. Yeah, get, getting organized and, and you know, mobilized, if you will, with all of that. And there's uh, several different services out there that offer a free option where you can get your you know, your transcripts together, your ACT together, even your test, your your prep test score, uh, like you're saying, awards, film, video, which we'll talk about in another episode. Um, just anything you can, getting everything together in one location. So when the time comes where you need to send off that information to a college to, to you know, market yourself the best, because that's essentially what we're doing. We're marketing ourselves. Either you know we're helping our child market themselves, or they're marketing themselves. But that's recruiting. Um, that it's all in one spot and it's easy to send off to that you know prospective college coach. So I had a parent ask me the other day. What do I do? Um, the coaches from this school have shown up a few times, but we don't know if we should contact them about our child. Like, and and their concern was that they may be arrogant in contacting the coach. But if the coach has shown up at the school, may have context of your child, even if they were looking at someone else. You know, I don't believe it hurts in at least following the organization, following the coach, or sending them a message saying, hey, we're interested in playing at your school, if you are actually interested in playing at that school. Right. That's obviously a big part of it. But then uh, one area I think some parents do need to be uh, cautious of is not they themselves not over-communicating with the school. And it's a fine line because where we want to protect our kids from this recruiting thing is funny with, you know, you have adults recruiting now, it's getting younger and younger, children. You know, before <clears throat> I used to be a high school senior, that's a little bit different than a eighth grader or a high school freshman. Now, not everybody's getting recruited that young, but in some cases they are. Uh, but, you know, parents certainly can reach out once, but the kid can certainly reach out also, obviously, you know, maybe help guide them through that, help them craft a letter, uh, whatever it is, to express their interest. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You just don't want to be the, I guess, the, the overbearing parent that keeps, you know, constantly contacting that school because that 
can turn some schools off. But showing that initial you know interest is, you know, they're not mind readers, mm -hmm. <laughs> so they, they, it helps them to know that you're you are you reciprocate, or that you're interested in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, like I said, it's just helpful I think if they can see the child do that, uh, or the student athlete. Well, and then there are it, now. Let's let, let's be clear. We are not saying that if you're a junior or a senior that time has passed you by because it has not. You can get started as a junior or a senior. You're just getting started later. So your time frame for getting all of these things together is condensed now. And filling out your filling out those questionnaires on the recruit me, right? All of those athletic sites for even for individual sports at that school have a recruit me questionnaire, right? Get the questionnaire filled out. If you're a senior, you should have some prospective schools that you know you you want to go to, and getting that questionnaire filled out, I think, is an important step. If you're a junior or senior too, I think the maybe the single most important thing, because now at this point, you've either taken care of your grades or you haven't. If you haven't, it's it's probably too late in terms of meeting all your core requirements for the NCAA. Uh, but, but assuming that sort of thing is in place you need to get an honest evaluation of what level you can play at. And that's where I see a lot of kids make mistakes is, I, I, I don't want to be a, you know, crush anyone's dreams, but the reality is, you know, less than a percent of kids are going to play Division One football or Division One basketball. I, mean, I don't know the exact numbers for every sport, but it's a very, you know, small percentage that are going to play Division One. period. And if you're even within Division One, if there's 350-ish schools at the Division One level, are you in that top hundred? Or are you in that bottom hundred? Then are you high-level Division Two? I mean, so being able to get an honest evaluation from maybe a third-party coach, uh, your own coach might be the, the person. Uh, camps, you know, other people in the community that are maybe authorities in that sport is really helpful because I see a lot of people waste a lot of time and probably equally as importantly a lot of money on attending camps or sending out information to schools that are never going to recruit them. And that's you know, something I think if you can identify earlier, you know, what schools are realistically going to recruit me, that's, you know, tremendously helpful. Absolutely. But also then, what schools am I eligible for? You know, and that's where the NCAA eligibility center Right. If you do a search for NCAA eligibility center, you'll come up with that uh, the NCAA clearinghouse, and that will give you a lot of the requirements for base requirements, I should say, for getting into a school and all. And I think that's also a great place to start. Yeah, that's something ideally you'd start as a, an eighth grader, a freshman, because a, a lot of schools have you know great coaches and guidance counselors that make sure that people are on those tracks. That because the, guy, the clearinghouse requirements are not the most strenuous, but you do need a certain number of English, a certain number of math, a certain number of science, and that's the GPA they use. They don't use your overall GPA. They take your GPA from those core classes. If you are a senior and now you haven't taken you know, a math and a science or whatever it is, you won't be eligible. There's no way around that. There's no, it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, so that's something for sure that as a parent, I don't think you can be proactive enough in terms of you know, getting ahead of the curve on that, not depending on those coaches and guidance counselors, but making sure that you have your bases covered by 
you know, doing your homework and, and making sure your children are taking those courses. Right. So then, to recap, critical aspects of getting started, right? Get past the stigma. Just go. Yes. <laughs> focus on focus on your family and where you want to go. You know, um, get out to the clearinghouse. Uh, learn what the requirements are. Um, I would say get to that social media. Start learning about what people say um, are important qualities or important aspects or what the what the important measurables are for your sport so that you can start getting that level of okay i i can base here or hey we we have to work harder kid are you interested in working harder or 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 do we have to train this way you know and and a lot of people think oh well you're being presumptuous by thinking that your kid can get there but you you don't you don't get a Michael Phelps by just sit, sitting there. He, you presume that he can do it. Right, just like you don't get admitted into Stanford, Harvard, Yale, University of Chicago, whatever, a top school by just going through high school and getting good grades. I mean, there, there needs to be a lot of extra <laughs> things on your resume other than just your grades and your test score. You know, kids with perfect four O's and, and 35 ACTs don't get into those schools. You need to have other things on your resume. So it's, it's the exact same thing. And uh, I think parents just need to be as resourceful as they can. And the student athlete. I mean, there's so many resources out there now on the web, you know, in your community, depending where you live. You know, just start with the circle that you're in with you know, the coaches you know and the, the people you know who may have children that, who went to college and played. And just ask questions, ask questions, ask questions, and just learn as much as you can about this process because as we'll cover in the coming weeks and months, there's a, there's a lot of different little aspects within this kind of big pie that we call the recruiting process. Absolutely. So um, we hope that you've enjoyed this segment of uh, Recruiting Real Talk. In future segments, we are going to cover things like your film. How do you use film these days? How do different sports use film or view film? You know, what's the difference between a um, subjective sport, you know, like football or baseball? You know, baseball's an interesting one because game film really doesn't help you. You get one at bat, you know, two, three at bats maybe. So what do you do there with film and all? And then, you know, we'll look at tangible measures, intangibles. We'll talk about those things. We'll talk about social media profiles and how important it is to put those together in the right way. And uh, also communication with coaches, right? Which communicating with your high school coach who has some experience there could be the an important start. And I think that, you know, and all of these things are going to end up tying in back to the you know, marketing and exposure. Because that's maybe the single biggest thing for any college or you know, college-bound athlete or hopeful uh, high school athlete hoping to go on to college is being seen. At the end of the day, you have to be seen by these coaches. So where do I need to go to be seen by these coaches? And again, in areas sometimes that are a little bit less populated, coaches don't come. I've had several kids tell me that, well, if I'm good enough, coaches are going to come find me. Maybe, but probably not just based on where you live. So you know, starting to plan on what camps you're going to go to, what showcases you can go to, what teams you're on to be seen by certain people. I mean, those things all 
you know, it's a slippery slope, and sometimes you know, there's a lot of misinformation. There's some people with better intentions than others, and we can get into all that. But being seen by others is sort of step number one. Because if you're not seen by anybody, it's really hard to get the ball rolling. It is. It is, and they're going to say, well, you know, what have they done? But, hey, that's for future episodes. We really appreciate you listening in. Um, hope you were able to get something out of what we discussed today. And don't forget, get started. Happy New Year, brother. <laughs> Happy New Year to you, too. Bye-bye.